Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 6, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So what do we have on the docket today? Let's get the lay of the land. We have a few things to review before we really get going on what the market's doing right now. So we just finished the first half of the year 2021. Now, by itself, that's not really that significant. It's a natural breaking point, just like each end of quarter is a breaking point, the end of a half year is a breaking point, the end of a year is a breaking point, which would also be a cycle. For those interested or who are familiar with how cycles work, a year would be a natural cycle. Doesn't mean it's January 1 to January 1, It just means a 12-month period is a natural cycle. Don't get wrapped up in the cycles. That's not what we're here discussing. But circling back to the importance of the half year, well, here's what we have. We had the end of a quarter, the end of a half year, the end of a month. They're always going to come together, obviously. That comes from Captain Obvious. But we also have to recognize what's going on with the tape. Here's a weekly chart. We ran up into this time frame. Doesn't mean we can't keep going. It just means that we ran up into this time frame. This time frame doesn't have to be a top. Doesn't have to be the last day. It's just a general idea of the time frame. Could be plus or minus days. Could be plus or minus weeks. Stay with me. There's a method to the madness. So we have the end of a month, quarter, half year. We ran up into that time period. We also have the beginning of earnings season that will really begin over the next, let's just say, week to 10 days or so. When you look at a monthly chart, we're obviously in what I like to call, and this is a technical term, the redonkulous. Weekly chart, not so much. It's trending up with the 20-week moving average. The 50-week moving average is trending up really in the same manner. But the monthly chart is in the redonkulous. Doesn't mean it can't go higher but it means that this just won't last forever and there will be a pullback even though it never feels like it. So we come back to the daily chart and we ask the question, is there anything technically wrong with the daily chart? Is anything jumping off the page on the daily chart? Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until she throws you out the second story window, all that remains a constant. Just looking at the daily chart with a bird's eye view, There's nothing to say that this particular chart can't push higher. They're beating up against the highs. The highs were just made last Friday. Here we are just a few cents below those highs. There's nothing wrong with this chart. What about the 240-minute chart? Now, here it looks slightly different. We had a bona fide reversal candle on the 240 chart. But let's drill down further and let's see exactly what happened so that you can match that up against what I teach all the time. Let's go back to this candle here that dates back to the 2nd of July, and we know that the low was 431.33. When you're inside the numbers or we look at it later, you'll see that that was in fact a line in the sand. Wasn't a line in the sand if they just broke below it. It's a line in the sand by closing candles below it. Now this is a 240 chart, there's many other charts, But just for kicks and giggles, look where the closing price was today on this candle. 431, 
37 against the low, 431, 33. There's no accident, no coincidences ever. Now, take this 240 chart and say, if they close a 240-minute candle above the high of this candle, 434.01, then that negates the reversal candle, they're at new highs, and they're in no man's land, and that's just the way it works. But while this candle is active, we have to discuss it, we have to recognize it, and then we also have to look around the horn at other charts to see what they're telling us. This is the way the market works. This is the way you have to analyze the market, one step at a time. So I go down to a 120-minute chart, and we have another reversal candle. This one is better than the 240 chart in terms of reversal candles. It was an accompanied by volume, and by the way, this one closed below the low, 431.33 from this candle over here. So what happens is, and you'll see this again inside the numbers, when that happens, what does that do? It opens the door for the next number below. What was the next number below? 430.50, give or take, what does that represent? It represents the gap that was filled. Now, filling the gap and taking back off in the other direction, in this case, back up north, that's bullish behavior. They ran a test, they filled a gap, and they went back up. That's the way you have to look at this. We're not discounting or forgetting the fact that there is a reversal candle. These two things are independent of one another. Yes, we have a reversal candle. And yes, they filled a gap and they went back up in the other direction. Now, let's say there wasn't a big reversal candle on the 120 chart. Let's say they just went down steadily, filled the gap, and went back up. We wouldn't have the reversal candle, but the second part of that thing would still be true. They filled the gap, turned around, and went back up in the other direction. More like what happened on the hourly chart. Now, when looking at it like this, we say, again, same thing we just said. They ran down, ran a test of the gap, the gap held, they went back up in the other direction, and they're near the highs. There's nothing wrong with the chart, period. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So again, even on this chart, we must recognize that we have a breakdown candle, and just because it's at the former highs doesn't negate the fact that it is a breakdown candle, and they still, A, like to run a test of the highs of the breakdown candles. That's what they're in the process of doing this afternoon. And B, they still have to close above the high of that breakdown candle. Otherwise, they'll get rejected after running a test of the high of the breakdown candle. So on the first run, it's normal garden variety market behavior not to be able to get through on the first shot. That applies on the hourly chart. It applies on the 120-minute chart. It applies on the 240 chart and so on. All right, I think that was a pretty good run through the SPY charts. Now let's take a look inside the numbers. We'll see what we had today in terms of the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. There was certainly activity going on inside the numbers. Happy Tuesday. We wake up flat after a long weekend. That's normal. That's garden variety market stuff. Early thoughts. Awareness. It's customary for the light volume quiet market to spill over to the day following the three-day holiday weekend. So that's an awareness. So if we were just going to float around all day, that's what I wanted everybody to be aware of, that it would be an extension of the Friday and Thursday before the holiday weekend. But that didn't happen, but that was the awareness in the early thoughts. Either way, 
we have important numbers in our back pocket because we show up ready to go each and every day. So up north is no man's land. We don't have to discuss that. But down south looks like this. If they drop them during an early morning shakeout operation, the important zone is 431.85 down to 431.33. And that should also sound familiar. Below 431.33 opens the door to fill a gap around 430.50. Now, just to reiterate, these are the early thoughts. This is at zero dark 30. And here's a 15-minute chart. And let's just take a look from a visual perspective what happened. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And better yet, it's better magnified on a five-minute chart. And you can see what happened. 431.85 was, in fact, some support. The low in this candle happens to be 431.87. They bounced away. They came back in, ran a test of 431.33, and bounced away to where? Right back to the first number. They do that kind of stuff all the time. That's how you know the numbers are working. Then they failed. They came down to where? Well, the door was open for 430.50. They made a low in this candle. 430.45 bounced away, played some games, went lower, and then took off into the end of the day. So if for nothing else, from a visual perspective, from a numbers perspective, From a zero dark 30 perspective, we kind of knew what the important stuff was even before they rang the bell. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty valuable stuff. Let's move along, see what else we have. What we'll do from here is scroll up a little bit, let you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. Right out of the gate, we had a quick bounce in FUTU. You'll get back to See inside the number stocks on the move in a few moments. 941, the first area of interest for a long side trade and reaction in the other direction is a spike below 432. Remember, here's the visual again. This happened by 1025, but we're given the information at 940. The low here was 431.87, a spike below, and then they bounced right back up in the other direction. High was 432.28. Not a tremendous trade, but in fact did what it was supposed to do. And when they start failing, guess what? You know where they're headed. How do you know that? Because we told you earlier in the day. We're moving right along. Awareness that they were working on an hourly reversal candle. Just want to bring things to the forefront. We had divergences today. We'll talk about these charts later. But IWM and transports and financials were all really weak at the time. They were still weak at the end of the day in comparison to some other stuff. Tech was up, tech turned around, then tech turned around again. So it was a wild kind of day when you look at the intraday activity. We're moving along. No change, spike below 432. We're moving along so that you can pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. If you trade in the market during the day, then this is information that's valuable if you can learn how to use it. And when I say learn how to use it, it's not like there's a guideline or anything. You have to understand how the market operates, where the numbers come from, why I'm saying certain things, what the meaning is behind them. How does that all come together? Well, it comes together through the three-pillar approach. It's basically learning how the market works through the Lazy E-Mini Trader course, watching these videos each and every night. This is the continuing education. It's reinforcement for the course, 
And then inside the numbers is a form of a PhD. And when you put all three together, it's really a recipe for success if you use it properly. We're moving along. Now, check this out. Back above 432, and there will be another leg higher. Not getting to, and at the time they didn't, 430.50 leaves unfinished business down there. So what we're saying here is they're likely to go back and finish the business, which they ended up doing. 430.50 is support. 432 is resistance. Above that, there's another leg higher. Below that, on candle closes, look out below, but we didn't have to worry about that. We're moving along. Same routine. 432 is the gateway for another leg higher. Let's focus on that for a moment and look what happened so that you can validate whether this is real or bunk. So they run up to 432 and they bust above it. That's bullish. But then they come right back to run a test below 432, right back above it. What they did was they ran what we call a back test of 432. So here's the low of 431.86. Does that sound familiar? Didn't we have another line at 431.85 before? Wasn't it was a spike below 432? That was the first area of interest way back from this morning. Well, guess what? Those same numbers are important again in both directions. That's why it's not just support and resistance. That's why they're important numbers because where the market is depends on whether it is support or resistance. Most traders don't understand a same number will be important whether a price is above or below. It's an important and integral part of the charts. Here we are again with the notes and we're scrolling up. Pause the video. Read the notes. Double check the work. We go into the end of the day and you know what happens in the last hour it's an anything goes. Maybe they jam them up north. Maybe they drop the floor out. There's no time to get in a trade at the end of the day because time is running out on the clock. You don't want to get caught with your pants down. Stocks on the move. We had a nice healthy laundry list today. We're going to go over them all, at least the ones that hit their objectives or their entry targets. Baidu, KWeb, Billy, Futu, QFIN, Tiger, and the last two didn't, NEO and JKS. We'll leave them for another day. We only take the trades at our numbers, not somebody else's. The first one on the list was Baidu. The first number on the board was 188.01. They came in, they kind of slow rolled coming into the number, took some time to get in there, took some time to turn around, but they did the deal anyway. And remember, the market was weak. So while a market is weak, it's very difficult for stocks or at least some stocks to get a turnaround operation going. But they basically gave you the minimum required base hit and you can see they hung around that 188 number for the most part all day long. The Chinese stocks were very weak today based on something that happened with one of the new issues. One of the IPOs last week got hammered beyond oblivion. I think the Chinese government took them out behind the woodshed. I'm not sure exactly what happened. It was a stock called Didi and who knows. The second one on the list is actually an exchange traded fund. KWeb, 6407 was my number. They busted through it, rallied back to it, and sold away the rest of the day. So this one really didn't do the deal. The number was wrong. And what they're doing is really setting up for another move lower to where? Another destination. Do we have that destination? We do. There were two other numbers on the board, and those are still 
important numbers. So you saw them already when I flashed up the list. Those were the numbers. Billy, not a ball of fire, but still did the minimum required base hit nonetheless. 1060 to 1234, that's a qualifier. Futu was actually the best one of the bunch first thing in the morning. Open below the first number, so it's immediately wiped off the table. The second number is activated, came into the second number a few pennies below, immediately turned around and went back up in the other direction to where? Back to the first number, back to a buck fifty, fifty six, and that's a pretty good ramp from 146.77 in a couple of minutes. So there were plenty of traders that caught a nice trade on this one right out of the gate. 360 Digitech, QFIN. So here, 3341 comes into the number, turns around, goes back in the other direction. This one made a high of 3514 before pulling back. So that was also a good one. Tiger, you had to paint by the numbers, entry on the first, entry on the second, the average is in the middle. After hitting the second, turns around and goes back in the other direction does the deal for at least, if not more, than the minimum required base hit, but you had to paint by the numbers. And you know the routine. When the numbers are close together, we can make a case for going to either number as the destination, so therefore we take them both, we average in the middle, and go about our business. By the way, you'll notice a theme. A lot of the stocks that were on the move today, while they did bounce, they kind of languished for the majority of the day. It's not really telling us anything in particular, but it's information that I'm storing away. We'll see what happens tomorrow, but I'm storing it away. Languishing for the remainder of the day is certainly not a bullish type of behavior. What about Camp IWM? So in comparison, the SPY is down about one-third of 1% today. Okay, fair enough. But the IWM, which incidentally is my favorite market-leading indicator, is down 1.6%. That's interesting. We could say they ran a test of these moving averages and bounced off. But we could say that, but would that really be as meaningful as it was had they not been back and forth through the same moving averages just days ago? And that's really the case. It diminishes the importance of these moving averages. They're back and forth, they're back and forth, they're back and forth. These moving averages are not considered a major area of support. Well, then you would say, well, what is a major area of support? And we talked about it already. Really, it's this pivot low. If they give up this pivot low, it's going to open the door to come down into this zone, somewhere down here, and I have the numbers. And of course, now we're looking at a weekly chart. Of course, we have to play umpire calling balls and strikes. So therefore... Still riding the 20-week moving average. It's only Tuesday, and it was the first trading day of this week, so we're not going to pass judgment on this. But you'll notice there's a secondary breakup candle. The low is 223.28, and what was the low today? By chance, 223.87. Didn't quite get all the way down there, but notice this low. If they give up this low, it secretly opens the door for that low that we've already been watching down at 217.67. These are secrets. Don't tell anybody. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? This is my second favorite market leading indicator. However, it's a number one canary in the coal mine. And just to reiterate, we've been discussing this one. You had a bearish pattern, you broke down, trying to rally back to run a test of the breakdown candle high, 
kind of did that. They didn't get all the way there, but they ran into the 20-period moving average, which is sloping downward and has, at least for now, rejected price. Canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator, down 1% today. Favorite market leading indicator, down percent and a half, give or take. These are things that you have to pay attention to. These are puzzle pieces, don't you think? Here's the weekly chart. We talked about this already, and it's still in development. You get a move down, and all of a sudden, they start building one of these bearish, wedgish, flaggish things, and guess what? Well, we don't know when exactly it will, if it's going to break down, but these generally do break down in the southern direction. The question remains, will they get to run a test of the breakdown candle high around 15,360, give or take. Couple of big positive days in the market out of nowhere, a la a rescue operation, and that's what they'll be going to do. They're riding the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart. You know what's going to happen if they give this up. Umpire calling balls and strikes. We switch our attention to the tech folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people, and guess what? At new highs, nothing wrong with this particular market. Nothing to see here. They're in no man's land. We have to move it along. It's a divergence, but this is what they're doing. They're pushing to new highs. Yes, it's top-heavy. Yes, the Qs really are comprised of about six or seven stocks, but this is where they are. And the XLF looks more like the transportation people. They have a breakdown candle. They started to run up to the high or run a test of the high. They started to go sideways building energy to run tests higher or at least into that breakdown candle high. But what happened? They're rejected at the convergence of moving averages. We talked about it last week. This is what's unfolding at present. However, again, umpire calling balls and strikes, you have to see it this way. It could absolutely be doing this. So they ran up from the lows. Now they're building energy to make another push higher. That could absolutely be the case, but these moving averages are really the line in the sand. If they get above those moving averages, they're going to at least get to this breakdown candle high, if not the next one. If they can't get above these moving averages, then that was the sticking point. Here's a 120-minute chart, and since we were talking about reversal candles earlier in the video, I think this was a good example of a reversal candle. It's a breakdown candle. What are they doing now? They're building one of those bearish, flaggish patterns. Will they get to the high? Will they come up short? We don't know, but this is what's going on. The first order of business in analyzing the markets is understanding what they're really doing. Once you have an understanding of what's actually going on, it really changes how you view the market, how you view the tape, the charts, each and every chart. All charts act and react the same way. Remember that. What about Smash Mouth? They were down earlier, but they recovered and they remain in this bullish flaggish kind of formation doing what? Building energy to make another push higher. Now, eventually one of these fail. However, this one, that's what they're doing at present. Above all the moving averages, nothing wrong with this particular chart, nothing wrong with the cues. So tech, really technically speaking, no worries. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. 
I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.